All right, good evening, everybody. Good to see you on a Wednesday night. I know we have uh, many who are watching at home via live stream. It's good to have you with us. And then uh, some are right now listening via podcast uh, in the future uh, because we are recording these and these are going to be on our live stream channel, I mean on the YouTube channel. Uh, as well as on podcast. And so uh, I share that with everybody here because you just heard the scripture reading, which is actually a portion of our text tonight, but we're going to reread that at the beginning of our class for those that may listen later on the podcast uh, and, and that we have these recorded in the future. Does that make sense? So as we get into that, you wonder, why are they reading that again? Well, it's just because it's being recorded and, and these are being shared. And I will say this, we have had a lot of people listening and following up with us, uh, who are not members of this congregation, uh, that are searching uh, the Bible, and they have been responding to our classes and communicating with us in an extremely positive way. And for that, we are very thankful. Yes, That's, uh, that's been uh, something that we didn't expect. We kind of did this for our home folks when we started this. Uh, you know, a year ago, but, uh, but it's something that's always up there on the website in the YouTube channel, and, uh, and so hopefully it'll continue to bear fruit. So whatever brings you here tonight, welcome, and uh, for those that are watching via live stream, welcome, and those that are listening in the future, welcome, and let us know how we can help you grow spiritually. All right, we're in 1 Timothy chapter 2. So it will be 1 Timothy chapter 2 tonight. Mark and I kind of decided, and are we still going with the plan to maybe try to get through 2 Timothy? Is that the thought? That's a chapter a night if we do that. Yeah, uh, which for us, <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, we've kind of got into a pattern since we didn't have to worry about a time limit or anything else. We just go as long as we want to go, and then we pick it up where we left off. Uh, but we thought it might be good to see if we can get through both of these letters. Uh, if it feels like too much information, let us know. And we'll reel it back again and think of a plan B. But uh, that's kind of what we're thinking now. So we'll try to get through chapter 2 tonight. That's going to be difficult. Yeah. And chapter 3 is even going to be harder. So we're still going to try. I, I'm always concerned when there's more teachers than potentially class members. But we have that tonight. We don't have many here tonight. Yeah, so a thin. You can talk to that side and I'll talk to this side. Yeah, we'll just... yeah we're kind of scattered around. <laughs> I need a swivel chair is what I need here. I need a swivel chair. But it's good to see everybody. All right, let's get into it. I'll read the text and, and then when we... What? what? Well, I'm Quit going to see if you can notes. do this without a note. <laughs> Listen, you've gone noteless the whole time and you can I'm just seeing if what you could do. Go ahead. You want to just take your water and move this stool to the other side? <laughs> All right. Good night. All right, here we go. Chapter two. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high places, that we may, be, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, and I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. 
Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. All right. This can be a challenging, debatable passage, and we will get there. But I say we begin at the beginning of it and work our way down. Well, it's two hot topics we're going to be talking about tonight. But the interesting thing is, it's probably based on prayer. I mean, yeah. his whole subject here in chapter 2 is primarily prayer. Uh, and then he has these other issues that he brings up in the meantime. But prayer is what's primarily on his mind here in this chapter. It's, it's us being together and praying. Yeah, it's an assembly It's an prayer. assembly this prayer. Isn't, this isn't in the family or at the home or off on your own. This is an assembly Prayer, and I think the reason together. we can say that is, is 1 Timothy 3.15. He's saying, if I can't get there, I'm telling you how to behave in the house of God, in, in the right. church. When you are together, uh, I'm telling you how to behave. So the things he's talking about are relating to church. And so I think this is basically talking about the assembly. Now, we're going to get into women down here a little bit. And I will say over in 1 Peter 3... He's talking about women in general there as far as adornment. So we're going to be comparing those two, which are almost word for word. Yeah, they are real close. In fact, First uh, Peter 3 is actually fresh on our minds because we were just there uh, in our First Peter study uh, that's also airing tonight uh, uh, that's actually released on the YouTube channel. And so there is, you, you would think Paul was, he's certainly repeat. He's rewriting a lesson. Is, I think Peter, Peter is, is repeating. Peter is repeating yeah. Paul, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, let, well, let's look at it. First of all, that's what he says. <laughs> First of all, uh, it's as if now he's concluded his introduction. Here's everything I want you to know, Timothy, and here's where we're headed with all this. So first of all, let's begin by talking about prayer. Uh, a supplication. Here's my need, all right? An intercession, standing in the breach on behalf of another. Thanksgiving, offering gratitude in your prayers to God. So you are to make supplication, share thanksgiving, and intercede for who? Behalf of all men, all initially. Men. All men. All men, and then specifically for kings and for all in authority or high positions. And the whole purpose of that is so we can all lead a quiet, godly life. Uh, praying for kings. Well, who would have been their king? Now we're talking about Caesar, who is going to going to be wreaking rampage on them in the next few years. And he is still saying to them, you pray for Caesar. Jesus said the very same thing. Hand me that coin. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar and, and then to God the things that are God. So even Christ is telling these people that you're to be in subjection to authority. So this is not something new. Christ started it. Peter's going to talk about it in his letter, and now Paul is doing it here and in Romans. And so this has to be an important topic as far as these apostles are concerned. 
Yeah, and it's to be part of the assembly. You know, when, when you gather together as brethren to pray, pray earnestly for those who are in authority positions. Uh, pray for them. Intercede for them. Share thanksgiving for them where you can. And, and all these, certainly, all these requests are being made to God. Uh, and this is honorable to God. Uh, and what, what's the desire? A godly life, a quiet life, a peaceful life, a life that is dignified in every way. Well, that is a kind of a pleasant thought, isn't it? Godly, quiet, dignified. That, that's the goal you're looking at here. Uh, I, I think it also must be said, what is the ultimate desire with all this? What are we praying for? Salvation for others. All men to be saved. Yeah. In 2 Peter 3, 9, Christ is slow on his judgment because he wants, he wants all men to repent. When I see this passage in, in 2 Peter 3, 9, I am amazed that the Calvinists could come to the conclusion that there were chosen people by God and everybody else is out. Mm -hmm. It's chosen people by God and they can't withstand this. And when you see passages like this, it's like they have to explain it away. How do you explain that away? And I've had very interesting topics and, and, and discussions with patients uh, of mine over the years. Well, when I would walk into the room, I knew he was a Calvinist, and I said, God desires all men to be saved. Answer that for me. And we would then have a very good discussion. Uh, if you're not familiar with Calvinism, uh, one of the tenets of Calvinism is... People are predestined. God has chosen who's going to... There's a limited amount of atonement. And so uh, people are chosen who's going to be saved. Who's not. It's, it's kind of the, one of the ways that John Calvin was trying to uh, grapple uh, with some of the challenging, I think, verses uh, that you find in Romans. But you, you see the desire by Jesus, God so loved the world, and he says it. He's given his only begotten everybody. son, so everybody in the world. Then you see all people here... You know, you see the same thing in Peter. There, there is a redundancy that, hey, it's not just for a limited No, number. it's not. So, it's, but this passage, this passage isn't so much about Calvinism. Can no. we say that? He's not trying to refute Calvinism, although this would be something Calvin you could turn to. Calvin wasn't there at the time. So yeah, no, Calvin he wasn't around, so Mr. Calvin's not invited <laughs> no, to this party. He is party. not invited right, to this But what it does show, what it does show is that when we get to our assemblies, we're focused on salvation. And uh, kind of my big uh, thing is your first mission field's your home. Win your family. Win your children. That's your first mission field. You and your wife have a good, strong marriage and win your children. Then focus on your brethren. And then your neighbor. And then even the king. You know. There's an unbeliever in the assembly. And he sees these people praying for a king that they know is opposing what these people are saying and what they're believing, yet they're praying for him. That had to make an impression on the unbeliever. If you were being sincere in your prayers in New Testament times and you're praying for this king, Caesar, that had to impress an unbeliever. What are, who are these who are these people? What are they about? And so just your attitude in your worship service meant something to the unbeliever, hopefully. Well, and, and we don't, 
we, we got to watch our time here because we definitely want to get to the second half of this chapter. No, we don't. Uh, oh, you're trying to avoid it? Is that what you're trying to do? Oh, I like this. That's why you're such a wise man. Yeah, you'll be sick next week and leave it here with me. That's right. Ah, see where this is headed. All right, well, let's get moving then. That's right. All right. The divine authority, notice, kings, those in high positions have their place. But where Paul takes us next is the divine authority, God. He is on his throne. And we pray to our Father. We pray to the one who controls all things, he who is in all control of everything. And we pray through Jesus Christ. He's our mediator. Uh, He is the one who truly has interceded on our behalf. He is the one who has been the ransom for us. And and so I think what you see also here in Paul's instructions to pray is he's also showing us the avenue of your prayer. You're praying to God through Jesus. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He prayed to the Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God is the primary one we we should be praying to. There is no doubt about it. We have Stephen in one instance who was praying to Jesus because he saw Jesus uh, at that moment when he was about to die. But for the most part, we're praying to God. And so our address should be to him. And we can be comfortable in it's Jesus, the man. I love what he says here. The man Jesus. He says that for a reason. A mediator has got to be somebody who has felt what I'm feeling. Right. And that's why he's saying the man Jesus. He's felt all the things you're praying for. Our perfect high priest has Our been tempted in all ways just like we, who, as Paul was, or the and Hebrew so, writer says. Yeah. Yes, we, we pay, pray through Christ. And then, and then I, this is just something else before we get to this next ver, uh, challenging portion of it. <laughs> Paul said, now, I'm not lying. <laughs> What's he getting at there? Tell me, yeah, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying, Timothy. This is twice he's done this. He did it over in Romans 9.1. He said the very same thing. So the people he's writing, I'm sure there's false apostles in these whole areas who are downplaying and putting down Paul. Mm-hmm. And Paul is reemphasizing not to Timothy. Yeah. He's reemphasizing to the people Timothy's reading this to, that I'm not lying. Yeah. I am a true apostle, and I was uh, commissioned by God and Christ to go to the Gentiles. I am not lying. So I think it's because of the false teachers that they're having to face. Well, and, and Paul dealt with it in Corinth. Uh, he's going to deal with those he calls, uh, in, I think, a sarcastic way, super apostles. They think they have super authority. Uh, people trying to uh, discount Paul. Uh, he, he runs into that uh, barrier many times. And so here it is in Ephesus. It shouldn't surprise us, uh, especially. Well, and that's going to happen, too, when he's calling out the false teacher. You know, yes. your, your first, uh, your first uh, avenue of response often when you don't have a good response is you attack the messenger. And, and so I, I think that's, that's kind of what he's doing here. But I am a teacher, and I'm a teacher of the Gentiles. Uh, that would be a message not just to the Gentiles, but to the Jews yes. uh, in the audience of faith and truth. All right, you got anything else on the first seven verses? All right. Let's get to the rest. All right, here we go. Now, we're still on prayer. And I have the English Standard Version All right, and it reads, I desire then that in every place the men should pray. Now, the reason I'm saying this is an assembly, all right, 
is in no way is he discouraging women from praying. We're putting this in the context of an assembly. The brethren are together. And, and you see what's kind of interesting here, that when men pray, there's two things. Uh, they should lift holy hands, and there should be no anger or quarreling. What's his, what's his point there about anger and quarreling? You better have a good attitude when you're praying. Yeah. Don't, don't have any kind of opposition or challenges with your no. brother. It's kind of like the Matthew 18, you go resolve that issue first, then bring your offering to the Lord. Don't take the anger up there with you. Yes. Uh, the posture of lifting holy hands, uh, you actually see that uh, in Scripture in other places. Uh, it was very common, a Jewish custom, uh, to lift holy hands like this. We even see that in some of the... Uh, uh, artifacts that are uh, dug up or found even in the catacombs of pictures of Christians like this. Uh, it wasn't so much that he's commanding a certain posture, uh, because we also see standing in prayer in Scripture. Uh, we see prostrate, laying out on the ground uh, in Scripture, laying out. Uh, we certainly find our Lord Jesus uh, on his knees praying. Bowing and kneeling. Bowing and kneeling. We never see sitting that I know and of. You don't. That is interesting. <laughs> I'm just saying in Scripture, you don't seem to see that. Does anybody know of a sitting prayer in Scripture and they sat down and prayed? (laughs) You know, you don't have that mention. Not that that's wrong, but it's kind of interesting. The the holy hands would be a reference uh, to the idea of purity, cleansed hands, uh, showing your hands to the Lord. Uh, and, And men, lift your hands. Be willing to be open don't take any kind of uh, hypocrisy with you, especially quarreling among your brethren. So you see a posture there. Uh, and then he immediately goes into women. All right. Uh, now, was that a problem here? Maybe like what we saw in Corinth? I'm going to guess that they may have had similar problems here, I'm postulating here that they may have had similar problems throughout the brotherhood because we have women who have basically been freed as far as Scripture is concerned. I'm, for, I'm just as good as you are as far as my soul is concerned. I have been, I've been made equal. There's bond or free, male or female, Jew or Greek. And so this is being preached, yet Paul is also saying to people, wait a minute, hang on. <laughs> There's some things that the Lord wants you to be doing as far as man and wife are concerned and also as far as uh, church assemblies are concerned. There are some things I want you to be doing because this is what God wants. Uh, if you take a modernist, if you take a, a feminist that reads Paul, they say he's a misogynist. He, he hates women and, and they just tear him apart as far as his position. And what we need to understand that what he is saying is, this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. This is what God is telling me. This is not my position. This is the Holy Spirit's position. I am telling you this because he's directed me to tell you this. And you find it in multiple places in Scripture. Uh, we, we, we see this uh, submission. I want to give you five things, five things that I think are five teaching points uh, that you see with this regard with respect to women are not to take a leadership role, if you will, leading prayers in the assembly or taking leadership role in, in that regard. The first is, and this is interest, interesting, there's not one example or one text 
throughout the entire Bible where women argued this teaching. There's not one. There's not, there's not Lydia going, Whoa, wait a minute. You mean I'm selling all this purple stuff and giving all this and you want, what? There's none of that. There isn't any of that. In fact, if anything, as Mark already said, uh, history shows this even in historical documents uh, from historians outside of Christianity. Christianity treated women so honorably, held them in high regard. It's like Paul says in Galatians 3, 28, you know, neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave or free, all are one, all together uh, in Christ Jesus. So women didn't argue this. Number two, women were honored by Paul and the Holy Spirit and held in high regard. And as you see, uh, not just as we're going to see in Timothy, but we also studied it in 1 Peter, you know, if a, if a man did not treat his wife honorably, he was in trouble. In fact, his prayers are hindered. That's what Peter says. His, women are honored. Uh, and, and Scripture shows that over and over again and lifts them up. Thirdly, the women loved Paul. The, the women loved Paul. Go and read that entire list of Romans 16 of, of women uh, like Phoebe and others who held Paul in high regard and, and loved the Apostle Paul. This is part of his teaching. This is part of his teaching. Uh, also, I think it's, it's important for us to understand the culture of the day. All right, This wouldn't have been in any way surprising in that culture but what was surprising in that culture is how Christians adorned women and held them in high regard and honored them, but none of the women argued Paul. Number four, women were given gifts of the Holy Spirit. Women were given the ability to prophesy. Women were given the gifts of the Spirit. That's also in 1 Corinthians 14 that the women were, that's certainly holding women in high regard, you know? And, 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 and women were even held in high regards to Paul when he would go into certain cities. It was the women who, like in Philippi, the women he makes at the river. Uh, Jesus was the same way. It was the women uh, who were uh, contributing to the ministry and, and organizing. But women are given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then number five, and this is Paul's uh, point as he speaks to Timothy, is Eve was deceived, not Adam. So we're going back to the garden all right, and we're looking at roles and responsibilities that come from Genesis chapter 3. So in the beginning, Jesus will allude to the same thing with respect to marriage. In the beginning. And so you find that here. You find that the, the women, uh, while they are not to take this leadership role, men have that responsibility. The woman still has a powerful, important role not just in her family, but in the church. And in no way was this putting women down. No, but in the worship service, he says in 1 Corinthians, be quiet. Right. Take your teaching, get it privately if you need some teaching. Mm -hmm. Here he's saying, women, be quiet. I don't want you usurping. Now, he, he goes and says there's a reason there. there God has ordained this. In the beginning, God put male on earth first, then took woman from him, and she became a helpmeet. That was a relationship forever. That's what he intended. In the church, he wants the same thing, a relationship of hierarchy. It says in 1 Corinthians 11, man is ahead of woman. 
Christ is ahead of man. God's ahead of Christ. That is the relationship that he wants. And so there are things that the Lord prohibits the woman from doing in a worship service based upon uh, these scriptures. And so we have to honor that. Even though we're in the 21st century and we have all gone so far past the first century, most people say, no, you don't go past the traditions that Paul has taught these brethren. This is one of those traditions. You need to be quiet. And that doesn't mean silent. That means you're not taking the headship. You're not taking the role of being the leader in the worship service. That's, that doesn't say that you can't sing. That doesn't, none of those things. It's just saying you don't have that responsibility of running the worship service. Yeah, uh, Submission uh, is just important for all of us. We all submit to Christ. All right, he's the head. Uh, in, in, a, in a family situation, a church family, there is submission to the elders by everyone. You know, there, there is submission for children to parents. Uh, you, you see this attitude. And as, as Paul says in Ephesians 5.21, we submit to one another. Uh, so here, here's the context here. Now, here's, here's what else I think is interesting. I was talking with Deanie today. Uh, she's been asked to... Uh, share some thoughts and some insights with a, uh, a young lady who was recently converted out West. And, and she is admittedly a staunch feminist. And, uh, and so when she uh, became a Christian, uh, it, it became, this was a challenge for her. And so the preacher, I guess, who taught her said, let me call Deanie. <laughs> Deanie, help me with this. If I, Deanie was saying today, she's been talking with this girl a lot. And one of the things that this girl said, quote, I have some big issues with some of this. Big issues. But that's what my God is asking me to do. And I'll do it. I think it's powerful, don't you? That's what my God is asking me to do. And I'll do it. And, and ultimately, ultimately, I think all of us, no matter what the passage, that has to be our attitude. What my father has asked me to do, I'll do it. Take us back real quick up to the top. Who are we praying to? One God, Father of all, and the Mediator. Jesus, the Redeemer. Think of Jesus. What the Father has asked me to do, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right? Now, we can certainly make the argument in God's plan and roles, but there is, has to be some of that submissiveness there. Now, uh, the childbearing. She is saved through childbearing. <laughs> you should have asked first. I know you're smiling. You had your chance. <laughs> I want to go. To oh no, 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 no! I'm no. going to get to that because oh, okay. of that previous, that previous verse. He he okay. he gives, and we don't need to be passing over this. I may ask you this one: <laughs> Adam, he was made We're first, then Eve, and but woman being quite deceived fell into transgression. Adam was not deceived. His second reason. One is the creation, but he gives a second reason 
for women in their subjection as far as the worship service is concerned. Why do you think that is? No, no, you don't, no, no, you can't do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I think it goes, <laughs> no. uh, let's go into verse 15, and right. I think that then. Go ahead, yes. <laughs> the easiest answer to verse 13 is this, that Christ came to us through Eve and through Mary, so children bearing has saved them as well as the world. Now, that I think that's the easiest way, and that may be a little bit of a cop-out. I'm not opposed to that, but I think we need to see what this passage is saying. Women are on this earth for a reason. They're not to be men. They are to be acting, behaving, being women. And how are these women are going to be saved? By being a woman. And there's two major roles that a woman can do that a man can't. She can bear children and, that is, and, and be a mother. Those are the two things that God has said, I want women to be doing. Now, does this mean that women cannot be judges uh, and presidents and all of these other things? Absolutely not. This is talking about what's going to save a woman is being a woman, behaving like a woman, acting like a woman. That's where she is going to be able to save herself. Uh, I'm fine with it being through Mary and through Eve, that, that's fine. But I still think he's trying to make a point here that women are to be women. And that's what he wants them to be. Well, getting back to your original question, if you, if you, go, to, if you go and look at 14, th this isn't the first time he's made this argument. No. Uh, he makes this over uh, when he speaks to the church at Corinth about the same, the same principle. Uh, the woman was deceived first. Uh, Satan went to her. Satan deceived her, and then she took it to her husband, and he ate. Certainly not justifying Adam by any stretch of the imagination, but, but Paul's point is she ate first. She ate first, and she became the transgressor uh, in that regard. But I would say also another way to look at that child saving, she'll be saved through child saving. In Philippians 2, we all know the passage, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, we work out our salvation. Our salvation in that passage comes through being humble servants of the Lord like Jesus. It, it could be said of us, I think, in the context, men work out their salvation by humbling following the role of Jesus as a servant of all. Does that make sense? And I, and I see that there for her. But childbearing, she can only do that. That's, right. uh, that's and, and that's her role, and she needs to do it well. And, and, and certainly, uh, do your role, carry your responsibility, do it well uh, in that regard. Now, again, what's our whole context here? The assembly in prayer. That's what we're talking about. And so, men are to pray. Men are to lead those prayers. And prayers need to be made for all, the salvation of all. And in the assembly, the woman is not to take the lead. She is not to take the lead over the man. The man is to lead those prayers. As far as the modesty dress here, in 1 Peter 3, it's in general. This, this is how mm -hmm. the woman is supposed to dress herself and behave, and it's the same dress code. I think what he's saying here to women, look, worship is special, but you don't have to be, think overly, that you have yeah. to be overly impressive as far as coming to the worship uh, and showing off yourself. That's not what the worship is all about. Well, this is the attire of the godly woman that you see all through Scripture. 
uh, you go back to the Proverbs 31, worthy woman. Uh, her attire is not about the glamour with the hair and the clothing. It's her heart. Yes. It's her character. Uh, and and I, think, I think women uh, are more conscientious of their appearance than men. I think that's fair. Uh, they are longing to be attractive, and, and God gave them that desire, and that's, that's part of being a woman. But what should make a woman attractive is her heart and her character. And I would say to a man, what should be attractive to you is her heart and her character, not just the braiding of the hair, the gold, or anything. Uh, on the exterior, which I don't think he's condemning wearing gold. I don't think that's his point at all, or braiding hair. So if you got your hair braided tonight, you're good. You're good. You're good. That's not his point. It's about character. All right, you got anything else? Got time for questions. I can't wait. <laughs> all right, any questions, any comments, any thoughts on this? Any, any things that you would say it, certainly say it better. We'd love to hear it. Yes, Charles. Let me repeat that just for those that might be listening on live stream or on the podcast. Uh, Charlie's comment was men must remember their role and treat women with the respect that they are due and, and, not, and not just make them subservient, uh, but to honor women. Is that fair? Did I share that? Well, okay. Good point. Thank you. Real good point. Yes, yes. sir. In the first seven verses, it's mentioned four times. Verses one, two, four, and six. Okay. <laughs> Keep going, Gerald. <laughs> Gerald said all is mentioned four times in the first six verses. It is all people. All right. I see that. Verse four. All people again. All right. Ransom for all. All right, good. Yeah, you do see that. All means all. all. That's yeah, all means all. He's, he's helping you with your he Calvinistic is, point. That's what, what he's, he's doing. Saying. I, hope we <laughs> I appreciate that. All it took me all. a while, but... <laughs> you can't wait for more. He's like, Do you figure it out that's in right, yourself. I gave it to you. I gave you all I got. <laughs> all right. Oh, mercy. Anybody else? Yes, sir, Mike. Yeah. This is a reminder to the woman for the reason that she is to be in submission is what he did back in the world. And that's one of the strong reasons why submission points in. Yeah, everything goes back to the garden. I think that's where Paul's taking this is back to the garden in that respect. Yeah, he, he was deceived first. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Yes. I can't hear you, and if you have that mask on, there's no way. service at that time you had prophesying you had speaking in tongues you had interpretations and it may have been I didn't understand that and all he is saying there let's not have that disorder in services find out what that was meant when you get home I, I think that's basically what he's saying here I do not think that's talking about a class and I think too the I think in first Corinthians 14 wasn't there an issue with women trying to take control and speaking yes. up more? I mean, it was pretty uh, blatant. I mean, it was a blatant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, then women were too over in 1 Corinthians 11. They were wanting to prophesy because they had the ability to prophesy. So the first thing he says to them, put your covering on. Then over in 1 Corinthians 14, if you didn't understand what I was saying, I don't want you prophesying in the assembly. If you have the abilities to prophesy at times, then you do it in private. But I don't want you doing it in the assembly. I think we ought to end with prayer. So why don't we yes. stand and you say a prayer for us? Okay. <laughs> we don't want to sit. All right. Let's, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Lord, we love you so very much for all that you do for us. And dear Lord, we come before you tonight as your children to say thank you and to honor you as our God. And dear Lord, tonight we intercede on behalf of all who are in leadership positions. We pray, dear Lord, that you will give them wisdom and that peace may prevail from their rule over us. And help us, dear Lord, to be good citizens, good citizens in our community, and definitely, dear Lord, good citizens in the kingdom of Christ. We thank you, dear Lord, for all the women who do so much for our church family and so much for us. May they always feel greatly loved for you are truly a God of love, and we, may, we emulate that love 